This is episode 91 with Kylie O'Miller. Welcome to the Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, forever athlete, and personal performance coach. Today, I sit down with Kylie, a professional lacrosse player who is actually the NCAA record holder in single season points, career points, and assists. She's a current Team USA member and a professional athlete in the Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse League. In addition to her playing, Kylie is a passionate coach and podcast host herself. She helps young athletes all around the world chase their dreams through the KO17 Lacrosse app and Dream On podcast. I'm excited to share her dreams with you today on this episode, so let's dive into it. Kylie, welcome to the Athletic Mindset Podcast. Super excited to have you here today. How are you feeling? You know, I feel good. I'm very grateful to be here today. We were just talking about internet friends and I feel like we're internet friends. So I'm excited to be here and chat with you guys today. I was about to say, I can't wait to share your story and learn more about you in the process and hopefully inspire some other people through it. How did you become the awesome lacrosse player that you are today? Where did it start? When did you first fall in love with the sport? Yeah, it is pretty crazy to think back on the journey being a four-year professional now. Yeah, I started when I was, I started playing lacrosse when I was in third grade. I grew up in a very athletic family. Both my parents played sports growing up and myself and my younger sister, who is two years younger than me. It's just the two of us at home. Ever since we were able to walk, it was, you know, a soccer ball at our feet or a basketball in our hands. We used to hit softballs in the front lawn with my dad because he used to play basketball, uh, baseball, sorry. So it was just always an athletic, you know, surroundings and we just loved it from the very beginning and so i picked up a lacrosse stick in third grade because i was looking to get into a spring sport i at that point played soccer basketball i swam competitively and i just couldn't get into softball i didn't really want to try it i needed something that was i was running around getting nice and competitive the same way that i was in soccer and basketball and i found lacrosse the first practice that i went to just absolutely loved it i love that it was a challenge um, i think that's what's cool about the sport you pick up a stick and like or a lot of times you look from the outside without having tried it, tried it, and you're like, oh, that, that looks either really hard or like, eh, I could do that until you pick up a stick. A lot of people think you could do it until you pick it up. And I loved the challenge of being able to, to get really comfortable with your stick and practicing the stick work. And that's ultimately like what gets you better out on the field. So I love that aspect of it. And, you know, ever since then, it was, it just became a passion of mine you know, always having the stick in my hand after other practices. I played volleyball and basketball throughout high school too on varsity. And then lacrosse, it comes springtime and summer. I was playing in at the club level for like nine years, starting in like fifth grade. So yeah, I just, it was, it was an immediate love, immediate passion. And I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff that I did outside of practice, outside of games, just because of that love for the game really helped me to become the player that I am today. I love that. That was my, I'll be first to admit my initial view of lacrosse I was like, ah, I can't be that hard. And then like, I picked up a stick and I was like, Oh wait, I can't rip it. Like these, these guys and girls are doing like, what yeah. the heck's the secret? Glad it came a little bit naturally to you. Were there some struggles along the way as you were figuring out, like, do you, are you going to play at the next level being in high school, going to college? And then again, college, like figuring out professional next steps? Yeah. I mean, I think just the usual challenges that people will face, but I kind of knew around middle school that I did want to play at the next level, play lacrosse at the next level. 
And, you know, around that time, there were no, there are recruiting rules in place now in lacrosse where um, you can't commit until your senior year. Um, You can't talk to coaches until your junior year of high school. But back when I was playing, there were girls my age that there weren't those recruiting rules. And there were girls my age by the time I got to eighth grade that were already verbally committing to play division one and for top division one programs that were winning national championships, you know, as a player, as someone who had high hopes for myself and had high dreams for myself that I wanted to play at that level, I wanted to play and be competitive. And ultimately I found my dream of wanting to play at quote unquote, the highest level. And at that point in time, the highest level was division one lacrosse in college. There was no women's professional lacrosse. There was a longstanding men's professional lacrosse league, but there was no women's side of it at that point. So playing division one and maybe, you know, pushing to to play on the national team one day was the highest hopes. Um, So making sure that those, those dreams happened was like my ultimate goal. So going through, you know, high school days and just ultimately finding that, that recruiting journey, you know, it was difficult some days. It was really fun on others. I try to tell girls that I work with now that are going through it to, enjoy the process of it, even though it's probably the most stressful one that you'll ever go through. I mean, one, you're trying to find your future home, right? A lot of people find themselves at at a university or at college because of just the timing that you, of life that you go through it. But you're also, I think it's just so important to, to enjoy this, the moment of being recruited and being in that process of like, you get to choose your destiny. And sometimes it chooses you. And a lot of times that's the case. A lot of people that I talk to, it's like, well, I never really thought I would go to blank and I ended up there and it was the best decision I ever made, you know? Um, And that was kind of my case. And it was, I grew up on Long Island. Stony Brook is on Long Island. It's about 35 minutes from my, my home. And I knew it as the place where like we would, our high school football team would play the county championship game. That's the stadium that I knew. That's how I knew the school. So when they started, you know, getting into the recruiting process and a lot of the teams or the top 10, top 20 teams that I wanted to be looking at me weren't looking at me because I wasn't. And then a team like Stony Brook comes around at first as a young player. I'm like, no, I don't want to go home. Like, I don't want to stay home. I want to, I want to get out. I want to enjoy college. I want to, you know, enjoy that, get the whole college experience. And I was just very grateful that my parents and a lot of mentors in my life were just pushing the idea on me, keep an open mind you know, keep an open mind. You never know where your home is going to like lay. It's you never know. And I am just so grateful that I took in the opportunities that came along to look at a bunch of different schools. And Stony Brook was one of them when I went to the campus and I saw how much more it had to offer other than just that stadium. It was a no brainer for me, you know, Joe Spelina and his staff and just his belief in the culture of the program and culminating just like this massive following on Long Island of a women's sports team that, you know, these young girls could idolize and grow up wanting to be like, and it's a real dream for them to be able to step out on that field one day and stay home and do it, you know, being able to work for that and be able to be there for that. uh, You know, it was a no brainer, no brainer for me when it came to choosing a spot Um, you know, when those kinds of dreams are laid out in front of you. So when it comes to challenges, you know, going from level to level, like you asked, I think always the level, the change in atmosphere, right, is a challenge in itself going from, you know, the friends and the people and the place that you've grown up around and just found your place in and then going from high school to college and now college to professionally at first an adjustment, but it's an adjustment that 
you know, again, you lean on the people who have stuck with you throughout everything, no matter what, no matter the distance, no matter the location, those are your people. So that's something that I always talk about is leaning on your people in tough times. I definitely leaned on my people in a lot of those transition periods. Yeah, I love it. I think that's so key to drive home that it's okay to lean on those people in those mm-hmm. transitions because the downside of the athletic mindset, I think at some points, being that this is the name of the show, right, is that we think we have to be invincible and we have to put our head down and just suck it up and suppress the emotion and just charge onward anyway. And I think that serves you well on the field occasionally, but it also lends itself to problems in other areas. How did you become okay with leaning on your support system throughout the challenges? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, I think I play a team sport, but a lot of what we do, even in team sports, like you're an individual athlete, the way that you perform affects the way that you think about yourself and affects the way that you step back out on the field the next day. And that's just inevitable, right? So no matter whether you play an individual sport or a team sport, like individual athletes and what goes on in our minds in that mindset is it's a thing, right? And it's, it's there. And I think being able to, I think a lot of the times at Stony Brook during my journey at Stony Brook, a lot of our difficult times or a lot of our low points, whether it was after a loss or a really tough practice or really just brutal preseason, we just kind of leaned on each other and just look in, being able to find that look to the left, look to the right and know that whatever is sucking right now, whatever really is the worst right now, like because these people are next to me and because they're going through it too, there's got to be some sort of light at the end of the tunnel that we're working towards. And I think just taking that mindset from that team atmosphere of battling like that together for a common goal, then now into, you know, post-collegiately and a lot of like the inner goals that you have for yourself, just reminding yourself that you don't have to do it on your own. You know, like you have a team full of people, a locker room full of people, if you will, just in your life. You might not physically be in that locker room anymore, but you know, you have your parents, you have those teammates that will be there for you, maybe in a different way. And I think just kind of reminding myself that I think it was a difficult transition at first, not physically being in the locker room. But once I realized that they could be there for me in a different way and I could be there for them, vice versa, in a different way as well, that team mentality and like leaning on each other mentality never goes anywhere, no matter the distance. Yeah. I think we all struggle with that initial transition because we're so conditioned that it has looked this certain way for so long. Like it has been the locker room being like an actual physical locker room. But now, I mean, look at like how we connected. We connected through a social media platform, through some other teammates of ours that were like, Hey, you guys have some synergies. Like let's set up that Mm -hmm. connection and talk about it. It's letting go of that initial expectation of it has to look a certain way and being open to, it can look a little bit different. It's still at its core, the same thing, but it looks different. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, it took a while for me to understand that it's the same, right. Or it has the same value to my life. And I think that it honestly took at least a year or so for me to get out of that funk and just kind of be able to, I think, The reason why it took me so long was because technically I am still a player and the way that I, I guess, perceive myself is player first and I always have. So 
stepping outside of that collegiate locker room and then going into the quote unquote real world, right? But being a player first still, I was still expecting that atmosphere, right? And I was still, when it wasn't there, it was disappointing or it was, you know, kind of a feeling of being lost and, you know, looking for maybe a little bit of criticism or feedback from a coach in a space where like, they don't need to give it to you anymore. You know, you graduated. So I think, and looking for a pat on the back or a little boost from a teammate when they're not physically next to you again, I think just kind of like it it took me a little while to realize that those connections are now going to be made via Instagram or, you know, via like reaching out to somebody that you may have been an opponent of beforehand, but now is one of your teammates at the professional level at the U S national level. So, you know, it took me a little bit to kind of settle into that, but I'm very grateful that I've been able to, to realize that through making connections with people like yourself. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, I'd be curious to know, you mentioned the player first mentality, viewing yeah. yourself through that identity. And even now, what was that like taking that view of yourself into professional women's lacrosse? Because it is a newer game. It is a newer league. And correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't there been now two or three different leagues that have been created and then folded and then another one has sprouted? How do you manage I guess your identity being player first with the uncertainty of the professional game on the women's side. I think you just asked me the question that I ask myself every day. <laughs> you know, I think it's like an, an internal, yeah. And you're like, that's, yes, that's, that's what I need. But <laughs> meanwhile, me over here, I'm like, I write tons and tons of pages in my journal about this all the time, but I still haven't gotten to the bottom of it. But no, I think it is, it's that good daily struggle though, because one, First and foremost, no matter how many times a league folds or how many different things go on, like I can still consider myself a professional lacrosse player, which at some point earlier in my life wasn't a thing, wasn't a possibility. You know, if I were to write on a worksheet when I was in fifth grade, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was a professional lacrosse player. A teacher could literally give that back and say, that's not a thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so now the fact that it's a thing and I'm living that out, no matter what, you know, like the leagues look like, or the the things kind of look like around that. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to say that about myself. So I constantly remind myself of that is just being able to live out that dream is, is a blessing in itself, no matter what it looks like. And then I think, you know, I think the other challenge about being a professional in this space is, or in this sport, I should say, is that a lot of what we do, you know, our season is short. It's, it's within the summer and it's usually, you know, anywhere between six to eight weeks long. And if you're lucky enough to, you know, train with the U S national team or train with a national team, they only get together every couple months or so. And usually only for a weekend at a time where you used to be playing competitive games and practices every single day for maybe nine to 10 months out of the year. Um, you know, now you're playing the the opposite of that. What you used to have as your off season is pretty much what you're playing at most. A lot of my daily of where I consider myself a player first is not spent with a team. It's driving myself, motivating myself to get that workout in, to get that extra shooting lacrosse, dodging workout in to make sure that I remind myself that I need to be ready the next time I step out on the field, because there's no one next to me reminding me to do so, right? There's no laid out lifts or conditioning or anything like that. It's it's all me now. It's all on me to make sure that I can be the best version of myself as a lacrosse player 
the next opportunity that presents itself because those opportunities are so rare. So I think just kind of like combining all of that, just being grateful that I still consider myself a professional and then being grateful that I'm still in the grind of it is something that I continuously remind myself of so that I can continue to say, you know, when somebody asks me, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a professional lacrosse player first every time, because I think it's one of the things that I'm most proud of. And I also think that it's something that's not going to last forever either for me. And thirdly, I'll say on that, it's something that if you say it's a little girl and she has no idea that that's a possibility, like then she has something new to dream for. Yeah. I think that's just kind of a combination of how I, how I put it all together in my brain every single day. But going back to your original question, I do think that it is a daily struggle. Keep that player first mindset, but it also is something that I'm very grateful for. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, like all mentalities, can be our biggest superpower in some moments, but our biggest kryptonite in other moments. Just choose, like we have to get really good at picking and choosing when to really identify with it and when to be like, okay, I need to separate from that for a second. And it sounds like what's unique about the irony of pro lacrosse leagues is the season is so much shorter than what you are so accustomed to your whole life. How have you found ways to separate for a second from that identity? And I guess in a way that is constructive to you. Yeah. And it's in my work and in, you know, a lot of the work that I do with my company, KO 17 lacrosse, that is where lacrosse and playing and being on the fields and being a player first has provided me a lot of like my creative outlet space or where I'm having a tough day and emotionally. And like, I would just go out and play type of thing. And that's where I would get all my emotions out. It's kind of turned a little bit to my workspace and to, you know, my baby KO 17 lacrosse. It's, it's just kind of created out of a lot of that, right? Like taking a step away from playing first and taking that energy towards like, how can I help develop these young lacrosse players into the stars that they want to be? How can I help, you know, so-and-so from California to, you know, do this dodge a little bit better, but also help, you know, so-and-so from Long Island on her recruiting journey and -and so-and-so from here on, you know, how she does this a little bit better and how she creates her mindset into, you know, something that can help her long-term. And that space has provided me a place where I can take a lot of the pressure off myself in terms of being only a player Mm-hmm. Right. Where I think that's, that's what was a struggle for me, where I was only a player in college. I really was, it was, it was lacrosse, 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 where it is still lacrosse, lacrosse, lacrosse for me. But now I have, I wear a bunch of different hats, right? I'm a player, you know, I, I run a company, I'm their coach, I'm their mentor. I'm, you know, all sorts of different things. I wear all these different hats and I think that I'm grateful for all those hats because they take me out of that space where, like you said, I'm able to separate from, oh my goodness, I haven't had a game in so long, or I haven't had a competitive lacrosse practice in so long. Where can I put all that energy? It's into my work for sure. Nice. I'm glad you have found a, a healthy outlet to pour it into because unfortunately not too many people you know, not everyone that goes through that transition can say the same. And I think what's super cool, what I keep hearing from you is the value and the importance of paying it forward mm-hmm. and being this role model that in a way probably was someone that you wish you had when you were in that fifth grade class. And if you wanted to write down being a professional lacrosse player validated that 
answer for you. How does that feel just knowing that you're living out a very impactful life, just not only through you actually playing it, but also paying it forward through KO 17, the cross and all the coaching that goes on there. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great question. I think that maybe like 40 years down the line, I'll have a better answer to it. (laughs) But I think that also like I wouldn't be anywhere in the space in the lacrosse world or in the world generally that I am without the players that came before me. So like you mentioned, they may not have been able to play professionally, but they were the people that I, if there was ever any lacrosse on TV, I was watching. They were the people that if there was a poster in us lacrosse magazine that came to my house, I would hang up immediately, you know? And I think just, I think what you mentioned about that, paying it forward to me is so important because the next generation, not only of lacrosse players, they're, they're young women too. You know, they're, they're young people. So they're going to be the next generation of our world in a lot of different ways, both on and off the lacrosse field. So if I can just provide them the opportunities that the sport has given me and then some, then I'm doing my job correctly, I think. And I think, again, I keep saying the word grateful because I really am grateful that the sport has given me a passion and also a career path like simultaneously it's also given me the space to be able to pay it forward and see these girls blossom into the people that they want to be i think the coolest part about my job is being able to you know have a a little girl like sign the back of my shirt instead of me signing it for them because you never know like she could be the next Torton winner in 2035 for those of you listening the Torton is a um is the the trophy that or the award that's given to the best collegiate lacrosse player both male and female every year one of the highest honors in the sport and it gives tribute to where the sport came from and originated in the native American culture. So yeah. But anyway, I think that it is just a really, really, it's a really special full circle kind of space that I'm living in. And I'm just grateful for the girls to their trust um, in my vision for them. Cause I think that's, that's really important too. It goes both ways. Yeah. And I can hear it in your voice, just how much it means to you. I think it's really really cool to see when it doesn't matter what sport or even if it was a sport, but when something has touched your life and had such an impact in your life and who you are now, your development and your sense of self and your identity and all the things that come with it. I mean, I look at my swim career and it was the confidence was a huge factor that I didn't have in other areas of my life. If it wasn't for my time in the pool, I think it's really cool is you are seeing the impact that lacrosse has had and you're still seeing it. It's still happening in your life. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're trying to create that same impact and change for the better in these young women's lives. And I think it's awesome. It's really, really awesome. Where can the people listening in kind of keep up or learn a little bit more about the whole foundation and the coaching that you do? Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. But yeah, it's all, you can find it on social media, Instagram, Twitter, all the things, KO17 Lacrosse. And we also have a mobile app, which is a really fun project and kind of new adventure for me within this past year, where I'm able to connect with girls all over the world. One players, coaches, parents, all of the above can access, you know, drills, mental training habits, the ability to connect one-on-one with me, all sorts of different things, you know, interviews with other people 
that have impacted my lacrosse career and my journey as just a human, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, just so it's been a really cool way to to make that space digital through the KO17 app. But I love what you what you did say at the beginning of that about how swimming gave you confidence areas of your life that you probably wouldn't have had confidence in if you weren't a swimmer. I can 100% agree with that. I think that that goes for a lot of athletes out there. So I appreciate you sharing that one. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And that's just one of the many, I think, personality traits or soft skills that once you really get into sport, you realize it's actually something that's growable. It's teachable. Mm -hmm. It's something that you can improve on. It's not something that you're just, you were born being super competitive or you weren't. Well, I think all of us can be competitive if we're in the right, the right spaces. You know what I mean? If you look back on your career up until this point, what would you say has been like the difference maker for you from a a mentality perspective? I think the difference would be maybe going the extra mile. And it was something that, you know, I didn't really tap into until halfway through my college career. And it's something that I wish that I think that's why I'm mostly so passionate about helping these younger girls out at younger ages because I I realized some of these things a little bit later in my career. And don't get me wrong. I was, you know, I've always loved lacrosse. I've always worked very, very hard. I always left it all out on the field, but it was like that extra rep mindset, that extra go the extra mile when no one's watching kind of mindset. No one needs to see you doing your workout in order for it to actually be done type of thing. And I realized that halfway through my college career, it was kind of a conversation with my coach and myself and my trainer, just kind of realizing like, hey, why aren't you able to take the next step, right? Like kind of looking inward, like, Kylie, why aren't you elite, unstoppable, you know? And it was just like checking the smaller boxes. I think that's something that we make a lot of excuses for ourselves in life as athletes. It's just, we make, we make excuses. We're humans. And in order to excel in order to take that next step to greatness for me was to be able to check off all those boxes and be able to look back and say, okay, even if we do lose at the end of this year, even if you don't reach your goals, were was the effort completely like you can't look back and have any regrets where all the boxes checked. And that kind of mindset shift for me was huge. And I think it's just something that's really stuck with me ever since it started with my nutrition plan. And my physical attributes. Like it started with my physical training program with, you know, what I was eating, what I was feeling my body with my conditioning, all that. Um, I made a huge physical change between my sophomore and junior year of college. And ever since then, it's just, it's just been about, you know, realizing that going the extra mile is going to help you in those instances that seemed challenging beforehand. Now are going to seem decently easy. And the more challenging things you're going to realize aren't impossible. They're actually attackable. So yeah, I think it's just that, that one more rep mindset, one or two more kind of thing. I take it into all my workouts. Now I'm someone who's played at a lot. I'm very grateful to have played at the highest level of the sport and continue to. And, but I'm also someone who's never won a major championship before. I've lost a lot of them. I've lost a lot of, (laughs) I've lost a lot of games that would get us to that level. And a lot of those games by one goal you know, like really, really close games, really heartbreaking losses, career ending, you know, college career ending losses. And that kind of stuff just motivates me. It just motivates me to do the extra because 
hey, you never know, the extra could have helped us out with that one extra goal. Absolutely love it. You're speaking my language there. I I love the saying of trying to make the uncommon common. And that's what I'm kind of hearing with what you just mentioned there. The going one more is exactly how you make that happen. It's you're not going to become the greatest player that ever happened if you don't have that mentality that you're adopting first. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win the championships if you don't have that mentality first to start getting the ball rolling and then it's amazing what happens. You just start to start small and build momentum. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I blinked and I got here. Exactly. To the outside yeah. perspective. But to you, you're like, all right, this took forever. It finally <laughs> came into fruition. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's. I mean, it's all worth it. It's all part of the journey. But it is funny that you like you can recognize something, a small realization like that. And the impact that it's had on your life, one in like the scalable way, right? Like in the major ways, but also just on a daily day to day situation. Like I can't, for instance, like I can't walk past, if I see a penny on the ground, I can't walk past it without making sure it's on heads to give good luck to somebody else. Like I can't like walk past a piece of litter and like not pick it up and throw it out or I'll feel bad the rest of the day that I didn't go the extra mile to pick it up and make sure that it was there. Like, it's just wild the way that my brain works because of that mindset shift. Mm -hmm. It's like, it almost, you know, doesn't expect anything less from me. Like, and if I do, it's a disappointment kind of thing. So I don't know if that makes me sound crazy or if it makes me sound like I figured it out, but I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so I'm not Sounds sure. like you're pretty driven towards a certain goal. And I think it's, you hit it there. It's the little things. It's doing the little things. And that's what I found through this platform, through this podcast with people that I've had the opportunity to talk with over and over again. It's, it's not like you did something absolutely bonkers crazy one time and it worked out for you and therefore I was like hey I want to have you on here it started (laughs) off in third grade and you picked up the stick and you were carrying the stick around after all these other sports practices and it carried on throughout your career this one more this go the extra mile mentality on the foundational things and that's how you can you can only build off of a solid foundation you can't build Mm -hmm. off of something that's and I think so many people right now are trying to skip the foundation and they want the the one thing that they're going to do one time and it turns into that big payday or whatever it may be. I have one question for you before I get into the fast five, which are just Ooh. five personality questions. How do you maintain that level of motivation throughout the past year here with the pandemic, with games not really being had, national team practices not really happening as consistently as they used to? How are you staying motivated? How are you staying in that same mindset? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's it's definitely not been easy. Again, as someone who's player-driven first, you know, a lot of my inspiration for what I do work-wise, social media-wise, like as an influencer, a lot of my space comes from how I feel on the field and how I feel in my training. And with the pandemic, we haven't had both professionally and with the U.S. national team, we haven't had a formal practice or game in about 16 months now, which is a long, long time. It's definitely the longest I've gone without playing a lacrosse game in my life. And so, yeah, it's difficult, but I think that knowing that my teammates and also my opponents are out there and could potentially be 
like wherever they are, wherever they live, they could potentially be working harder than I am. You know, that, that motivates me. I can't one, let my opponents outwork me and then be show up whenever we do get the opportunity to play again and just be disappointed in the fact that I had 16 months to prepare for that and took it the wrong way. Right. But also two, like my teammates are out there and they're expecting me to be doing the same, if not more, they're expecting me to be able to show up on game day and be the Kylie O'Miller that they expect teammate that they expect the player. So just knowing those things and reminding myself of those things keeps me motivated to get up and go do the the workouts that do seem very repetitive or, you know, it seems like there's no end goal, but I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I'm hopeful for a professional season this upcoming summer and we have some some u.s national team tryouts and and events on the board for 2021 with a rescheduled world cup in 2022 so just really hopeful that a lot of those things come to fruition because i know that my teammates and everybody out there have been really you know myself included have been really excited to just get back out on the field yeah, I'm excited to watch the product of the oh, mindset and the, and the work that you've been doing for the past 16 months because it's going to pay off whenever the games do come back. I Maybe. got the fast five <laughs> for you here. So okay, there are five gonna... quick questions, one word, one sentence answers on your end. Okay. Number one is your go-to podcast that no one's heard of. <laughs> Free on with Kylie O'Miller. <laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> my podcast. <laughs> Number two, your favorite book you've read in the past year. Oh, in the past year? 16 months of no of no games. You have I've to read have a read lot something. of I've read a lot of books. So now okay. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm looking at my bookshelf. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is supposed to be fast. I'm not helping. I read, I think it's called The Making of a Miracle, but it's <laughs> Mike Ruzioni the captain of the the miracle squad it's his his version of what happened at that olympic games and it's pretty cool nice i'll have to check it out that was worth the wait number <laughs> number three quote that you live by quote that i live by two i have two is that allowed Go for okay it. <laughs> one is don't cry because it's over smile because it happened dr seuss it's pretty self-explanatory there and number two is dream on a nice little quote from Aerosmith. A song that also have tattooed. Both a very highly motivational. Number four, one thing you can't live without. My phone, which is really sad, but also my, my puppy Oakley now. <laughs> I like the second answer better. Yeah. <laughs> my phone makes me sound like a, like a Gen Xer, but... You're Gen an influencer Z. at heart now. So <laughs> I have. It's part sense. of my job. <laughs> Last one, number five. What's your one word focus at this point in time? My one word focus. I like this question. I really like this question. I would say finish. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, <laughs> Kylie, that is pretty much all I have for you. I appreciate one, you being here, your time. I appreciate the way you show up in this world and the impact that you're making through not just your own playing, but like we had mentioned, paying it forward with KO17 Lacrosse and all that you do on your social channels. Where can those listening in keep up with you and hear, hear more about you, hear more about your favorite podcast that no one's heard of yet? Yeah. Well, we're going to have you as a guest too. So we're going to have to 
tune into that episode as well. But you guys can find me mostly on Instagram at Kylie O'Miller17. And yeah, KO17 Lacrosse everywhere. And then there's the Dream On podcast as well. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really incredible questions. And I think it's just really important what you're doing in the space too. A lot of us athletes have a tough time with our athletic mindset, whatever that looks like post-collegiately, during college, throughout life. I think it's something that's like a blessing, but it's also our, our kryptonite as well. So I appreciate what you do and thank you for having me. Appreciate you taking the time to listen today. Kylie has big dreams and isn't afraid to chase them. Something that takes a ton of courage in life. I hope her story inspires you to follow what you're passionate about. Keep listening to your heart and don't be afraid to shake up the world while doing so. Share this episode with a family member, a friend, or a teammate who could benefit from Kylie's story and perspective. Remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life. One thought followed by one action at a time. I will see you all on Monday.